Happy New Year and welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Eddie Easton Jr. On today's episode, we look ahead to the season finale against the Raiders in Las Vegas. Also, we check in on both teams during their press conferences as they share their thoughts on the unfortunate tragedy on Monday Night Football. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 17 victory over the Broncos? Yeah, so, I mean, the Chiefs only ran the ball like a dozen times, which, I mean, it feels criminal with how good the run game has been recently. Um, But, you know, Andy Reid said after the game that Denver was running a lot of run defense looks. Um, Basically, they were saying... If you're going to beat us, you're going to do it by throwing the ball, which, I mean, that's a bold strategy, a really ballsy move when you have Patrick Mahomes lined up across from you. But um, I also kind of respect it a little bit. It it makes sense, given that Mahomes threw those interceptions against the Broncos back in Week 14, so maybe they were thinking, okay, well, you know, we can force some of that. Uh, He obviously threw another one in the red zone this past week. Um yeah, but I think that was something that, that really stood out to me, you know, when the run game has been so fervent and um, fruitful for, for this team the past couple of weeks to see them go away from it so completely and entirely. Now, you know, they still got running backs involved in the passing game and what have you, but, um, you know, only 12 carries, that, that was a little uh, jarring to see. And obviously, I mean, this offense is always going to be predicated on the passing attack and whatnot but you know you got to be able to run the ball and I feel like uh like yeah the the Broncos they do have a good defense but um you know they haven't been infallible against the run uh you know there were probably some opportunities that the Chiefs left uh on the field there because they wanted to drop back and throw the ball. And, you know, the closeness of the game had something to do with it, probably, too. I mean, it was pretty close throughout. But, uh, yeah, that, that that surprised me. It shouldn't surprise me. I mean, we all know Andy Reid's tendencies with, with running the football. But, um, yeah, that, that, that was something that stood out to me. Are you concerned by the Chiefs' extended offensive struggles and recent victories? You know, not really. Um I think it's it's important to remember that this offense is still growing uh, with with the changes that have kind of happened throughout the season. Um, a big thing, I mean, if you look at the week one starting roster, uh, and you've got self, several skill position players who just aren't playing right now. Clyde Edwards-Alaire on injured reserve. Michael Hardman injured reserve. Jody Fortson injured reserve. Um and then you've got some new additions to the offense. Kadarius Toney, uh, trade acquisition midseason. Blake Bell coming back from IR. So you've got to like work them in, get them accustomed to what you're doing, adjust your game plan based on the personnel that you have. Um, and that plays a part in it. It always plays a part in it. And, you know, where there's, there, there's always going to be some level of unease as the offense continues to grow, as these changes continue to happen from week to week. And you're finding out new things about what these players can do. I mean, obviously, we saw Kadarius Toney contribute in a way this past week that he hadn't really done yet in his tenure with the Chiefs, which was to get him involved in the deep passing game. And that's kind of an evolution that I think you're going to see 
um, you know, a, as we continue to go, they're, you're going to find things out about these players. They're finding out just now recently that Sky Moore, hey, get him the ball in his hands with these screen passes, you know, for, uh, get him some of these manufactured touches, and he can do a lot with them. So I, I think there's that element of it uh, in terms of the struggles. And then, you know, I also think we learned this past week that Patrick Mahomes is still fighting some tendencies that he developed early in his career. Uh, the hero ball stuff, pushing the ball downfield instead of taking what the defense gives you. Uh, he's still finding balance there when it comes to his mechanics, his footwork, how he reads and goes through his progressions. Um, so, I mean, basically, I think there's always going to be this work in progress sense uh, of the offense. It's crazy because they're just so they're so good, right? Like they're they're so good that it doesn't matter that it's a work in progress. That that they're always kind of finding ways to to win and close out games, and even through their struggles. And I think you know some people might look at that as almost like a fatal flaw um, that this offense can kind of you know have its ups and downs. But I, I kind of see it as a valuable thing you know, come playoff time that these guys are finding out, they're finding ways to close out games. They're, they're finding ways to win uh, that might be, you know, a little bit unconventional at times. It's not, you know, that they're coming out here and, and dominating, you know, snap after snap after snap. They can go stretches like Mahomes did in this last game where he had six straight incomplete passes, and they can come out on the other side of that with a win. That That, I think, is important. Should the Chiefs expect exceptional play from their rookie class during the high-pressure postseason? Yeah, I mean, um, well, uh, Justin Reed said it this past week. The Chiefs don't have rookies anymore, right? Uh, these guys basically have played a full NFL season now. I mean, what used to be a full NFL season, you know, I have the extra week now. But, um, you know, they also just don't have the luxury anymore of making mistakes when it comes to the playoffs. Um yeah, I think you're you're seeing a lot of those rookies step up too. I mean, in this last game alone, George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie, huge part of the reason the Chiefs won that game. Uh, sacks, turnovers, uh, get, George getting his hands up, batting passes. I mean, he they're they're, they're both uh, emerging as very good pieces on that defense. Brian Cook, he made some plays. Nazi Johnson, um, he stood out on special teams. Uh, Sky Moore caught some passes before he got hurt. Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams both contributed. I mean, these guys, they're getting a lot of work. Um, and the Chiefs are getting a lot of good work out of the rookie class. And, you know, you, you should expect that to continue, I think, through the postseason. I don't think it's going to stop or you're going to see, like, big mistakes. Um, I, I think these guys, you know, are locked in. They know what they have to do to be successful. Um, and, and to contribute to kind of that winning culture that this team has developed. Do you believe the Chiefs should play Saturday's game cautiously and limit starters before the postseason? No, I, I, I don't think you see them limit anyone. Or you know, with the with the number one seed in the first round bye week potentially on the line, um, they're they're going to play everybody. Um, they're they're going to play them hard too. I mean, that's that's a big thing that this team wants to achieve. You know, they, they always they come out and say first thing is winning the AFC West, then it's locking up seeding, then it's making your way to the Super Bowl. So um, now there there is a lot of uncertainty in the air surrounding the Bills Bengals game. Um, you know, if they end up determining seeding another way uh, rather than record, 
Um, I imagine the NFL will give teams an answer before week 18 on that, but who knows. Um, but if the result of, of that Bills-Bengals game, you know, um, and or, or excuse me, if the result of, uh, of the, the Chiefs-Raiders game in week 18 ends up being moot because they use something like strength of victory um, or something something else to determine seeding, I mean, the Chiefs would probably reverse course and sit their starters. If there's something that determines seeding beyond, you know, the game being played, um, that that would probably, you know, cause cause them to to you know pull some guys out of there. You probably wouldn't see Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that said, as long as the number one seed is on the line, you're going to see Kansas City play everyone. Um, now, if they take a big league over the Raiders, they could start pulling some guys. We've seen that happen before. It's, that's certainly an option. I don't know, you know, if Patrick Mahomes starts this game, I think he'll finish it, being that he's going to have a chance at breaking the single-season passing record. Needs 430 yards, I believe, to do that. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think that you'll probably, um, again, unless, you know, the NFL comes up with some crazy way to determine seeding, uh, I think you're going to see the starters play. And I think that Vegas is going to be motivated and they're going to play their starters given that they haven't beat the Chiefs since, you know, 2020. You know, they're going to want to play spoiler. Um, and, you know, uh, some of these guys are going to feel like they have a business decision to make because there's nothing, you know, nothing left on the line for them playing in this last week other than pride. But, um, you know, I suspect that, that Vegas is going to be um, very motivated in this game as well. And now for the Chiefs Wire mailbag. Ask Chiefs Wire from Lucy Austin. Lucy asks, if Bills Bengals can't be played, what will happen with the AFC's playoff seeding? Um, it's probable that we actually know the answer to this before the podcast airs. But yeah, I mean, as I said uh, before, all that's still up in the air. Obviously, it's not um, it's not nearly as important as the the health of Demar Hamlin or the mental health of the coaches, the players, the staff members, everyone who witnessed that on uh, on Monday. Um, but from a football perspective, you know, everyone is wondering what happens with seating. So I'll I'll discuss that. Um, I I think look, the league probably does not want to reschedule and move things around because that causes a lot of logistical problems that. You know, people just don't don't consider. Um, you know, whether it's other events in the area. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that need to happen to uh, to have an NFL game played, um, and, and people just don't take those they don't take those things into consideration often. Now, I also don't think that the league has any desire to put those two teams back out there and have them play against each other so soon, given the situation. My best guess is that the NFL will probably lean on the policies they had in place about game cancellations due to COVID-19 during the height of the pandemic. Uh, essentially, uh, what they had written up was that if a game couldn't be played and was declared a no contest uh, and teams finished the season with a different number of games than other teams, that the league would determine seeding by winning percentage. Now, that would mean that the Chiefs would stand to gain the number one seed with a win uh, in week 18 over the Raiders. Now, the big question is, is that fair to the Bills and Bengals? Probably not. 
Um, but I don't think that any solution that the league comes up with is going to be equitable. Um, it's just a bad, it's a bad situation all around. There's no, you know, there's no good outcome here. Um, I've seen some other ideas thrown out there about not counting games that were already played or canceling games in week 18. Those aren't going to happen. Um, that will get blowback from ownership and players. You can't erase results that have already been played out and and you're not going to convince any player to take a game off. They've got, they've got game checks, they've got bonuses to earn, um, and whatnot. So yeah, at, at the end of the day, I mean, I really think you'll see this game called a no contest. And I think that seeding seeding will uh, be determined by winning percentage, and that'll just be the end of it. It's not a great situation for the Bills or Bengals. You know, their fans, their t- players, are probably going to be you know a little upset about it. But I, I think that's really the only solution um, that the NFL can come up with uh, in this type of situation to uh, to determine seeding. And lastly, any particular stories from Chiefs Wire would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, so obviously we've got plenty of stuff uh, recapping the Chiefs' Week 17 win over the Broncos. Uh, lots on the history made by Patrick Mahomes and Jerick McKinnon in this past game and over the course of the season. Uh, I tell you guys to read it every week, but Wesley's special teams uh, film review this week was superb. Um, lots of stuff on the rookies. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kadarius Toney. Um, some some thoughts on what's going on with the kicking game. <clears throat> you know, we'll also have more on the AFC playoff picture and potential playoff matchups as soon as we know more about how the league is handling the Bills-Bengals game in terms of seeding. I just want to thank everyone for, for reading and listening during the course of the regular season this year, uh, and I hope you'll stick with us throughout the postseason and uh, in the offseason after that. We couldn't do all of this without your support. You know what we say now. Go Chiefs! Was there any thought that there may not be games played this week and how you guys just kind of got across that in conjunction with the move? Yeah, so uh, you don't know in a situation like this. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, we just listened and kind of played it by ear with what the league has told us. And, um, and so we go forward and uh, we've practiced and, and we're doing our thing. So, but you, you know, in this case, you're listening to whatever uh, the league office gives you. And we trust their decision making. I mean, I thought they did a great job. The other night, and um, you know that's that's not an easy thing. Is it? I mean, that's a tough situation, and they they took it in their hand to to cancel or postpone a game. That's you know that's a you know it's a, a bold it's a bold move for a great reason. So. You were watching live at that, that, that time. I know you were going to be in and out of doing things, but yeah, I, no, I saw it. Yeah, no, I saw it. Yeah, it was terrible. So I, I felt just like everybody else did. It's terrible. I'm just, you know, I'm glad he's making progress from what I've gathered, like you have. I mean, we're all listening. So um, sounds like he's making progress, and that that's the most important thing, right? So.
Coach, understandably, this is <coughs> affecting players' mental makeups throughout the league, and I'm sure here too. How do you manage, I guess, and, and balance that with the urgency of having to prepare for a game on Saturday? Yeah, so, you know, with Dr. T and our crew here, um, we've, uh, you know, we address the issue uh, right away. I mean, it's real. And it's, uh, so we, we, we didn't tiptoe around it. I mean, we, we addressed it with the team and talked to them, and they know they have counsel there if they need it. The league's got counsel for them if they need it. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's how we went about it. Well, yeah, I mean, they saw it like we did. So um, just to know that there's help for them if they need to talk to somebody that, that were, were available, you know, whether it's religiously Psychologically, we've got we have all the tools. Plus, the league has tools to help you through that. Yeah, and, and coaches. I mean, we're we're here uh, the same way. So, if a player were to need help or the coach needs help, it's there for them too. You've uh, known Sean for a long time. McDermott coached with him and everything. You had a chance to reach out to him. Can you imagine what he's going through? With yeah, yeah. Guy? I texted him uh, uh, both he and Leslie, and uh, but. I've stayed away from that. I mean, they've got enough on their plate that they're they're dealing with, I, you know. And I know how they're wired. They're, they're great people, and you know, I can imagine where their where their minds at now. This is really unprecedented, right? We haven't seen a situation like this. Um, this has been such a next man up mentality in football. This is different than that. Um, is there? There's no roadmap to how to deal with this with players. Is there really? No, I mean, we've had people paralyzed, unfortunately, um, and guys have worked through that. Um, I, I think everybody's kind of waiting for more information on this situation, and uh, but what they saw was obviously, you know, devastating. I mean, that was that was a tough deal. I, I would say, I mean, it's so I, I'm, you guys were watching it, so you you know, it's that just kick in the gut feeling. All right, guys. How has this affected you, seeing what happened to DeMar, thinking about it, watching it, praying for him? Um, I think it affects everyone in this league in a, in a way where it really puts things in perspective. Um, we go out there every week, um, and I'm not going to say we take it for granted, but you go out there and you play a game that you love and you just enjoy it. Um, and you don't think about uh, things like that happening. And uh, whenever something like this happens – I, mean, I think it impacts everybody. I mean, obviously, my prayers are with DeMar, his family, um, the Buffalo Bills, the Bengals, everyone that was in attendance at that game. But, uh, I mean, it, it sent chills through through my body when I was watching it. And um, all I did was just sit there and pray for him because that's all you can do when you when you feel like you can't help. Um, and so, uh, like I said, uh, I've been watching updates just like everybody and trying to make sure that, uh, first off, that Demar is is healthy and he can get back uh, because at the end of the day we're, we're people, we're not just players, and I think uh, I think everybody understands that even more now. Do you look at the game any differently at all? I mean, other than just to care for Demar in that moment, what else goes through your mind when looking at the game? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it, at the end of the day, it's a game. I think that's we we get lost in that sometimes because we have so much riding on it and we're trying to win championships and do all this different type of stuff, but it, it's a game. Um, and there's people playing it, and uh, uh, I think you just continue to look at that. And I think the players, we have a good understanding of that, or uh, hopefully you do. Um, but I think you get caught up through a season of just how can I get myself better to win a game. 
um, instead of just taking it every single day and just taking it for what it is, and it's not promised. And so uh, uh, I think that's just it puts stuff in perspective for you. Um, um, but you still come you come to the building, and you just have a greater uh, respect for the game and a greater respect for the people around you because they're giving everything they have every single time. Andy Reid said that you guys had a prayer with the team chaplain yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just how have you guys as a team kind of just kind of got yourselves mentally prepared not only to play a game Saturday but also just to try to digest what you saw and try to move forward? Yeah, I mean, especially yesterday it was hard. I mean, when you when you come back from watching that that moment, I mean, I I was staying, I was up all night because you're just on your phone and I'm like on Twitter just hitting latest, just see if I can just see any more updates. Uh, uh, better condition than the last time you had seen him. Um, but you get in the building, um, you get around your teammates, and you just, I mean, you just tell them how much you appreciate them because uh, you don't do that enough. Um, and uh, as you kind of get through this week, uh, you still have that at the back of your head. And I mean, I'm at practice, and it's like the first thing I do when I get get back in the, the building is you go look for updates, or you ask Rick, or you ask Coach Reed. Um, and uh, you try to do your job, um, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you can have that in the back of your mind because that's what's most important. You know, you guys should be even playing today or Sunday or Saturday. Um, it, it's hard for me to say. I mean, it's it's not something where I can control it either way. Um, all I can do is is come in here and give everything I have in the building, um, and then when I go home, just appreciate my family. Um, and so. Uh, uh, I know there's a job to do, and you have to go in there and do it. Um, but at the end of the day, you just want to make sure, like I said, you want to make sure he's all right because uh, that's what's most important. Um, and like I said, it's a game that we all love and we all put everything we have into, um, but it's a game at the end of the day. All things considered, how difficult has it been to switch that switch when you're practicing into football mode? Or does that serve for you guys as maybe a helpful distraction just by getting back to work? Yeah, it can be a little bit of a distraction um, just because – you when you're playing you're focused on the play and everything like that um but like you said when you get to the sidelines or if you um when you're in between plays at practice i mean that's still there a little bit um and so uh all you can do is hope and pray that uh you get good updates every single time one comes out um and that uh whenever he's healthy uh we can we can move forward and continue to play this game that we all love you're pretty Close, I think, to Josh, and, and I, I suppose to Mitch still. Also, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you've been in touch directly with either of those guys or any other. Yeah, I, yeah. I just texted them and said, and I was, I was praying for them and their team. I mean, obviously, it impacts us, at, but I mean, when they're guys that you go to work with every single day, you're brothers. I mean, people say it, but you are brothers. You see these people uh, more, more than sometimes in your family, um, and so you, you build this brotherhood. And I just wanted to let them know that uh, I'm doing whatever I can from far away to to pray for them and just be with them. And uh, um, I, I, luckily, they have great leaders over there, and I'm sure they they've grown even closer from this. And uh, they're going to continue to do whatever they can to help uh, Demar and his family. Patrick, how different is it going to be for everybody in this league when y'all just touched warm ups or just leading up to the game this weekend? I mean, it's hard to say. Um, we're we're going to be the first game back, um, and so it's hard to say. I mean, you know there's a job that you have to do. Um, you put all this work in for months uh, to try to go out there and play your best football. Um, but when you get on that field, I'm sure it will be a, a little bit of a weird feeling because uh, it was such a scary incident um, that was terrifying uh, that I think everybody saw. Um, and so um, we will see when we get out there, but uh, I, I know our guys will just get out there and hopefully when we get to play in the game again, it can be fun and everybody can enjoy it um, like uh, we have all, uh, our whole lives. Patrick, obviously injuries are a part of the game, and every time you go on the field you recognize that. But do you really think that when you go on the field that something like this could happen to you? I mean, people people say it, and if you've seen uh, injuries happen uh, that have been 
major injuries and stuff like that, but uh, I had never seen anything where someone had been getting uh, CPR and stuff like that on the field. And I don't think it's it, – I don't know any of, uh, any, any of us have seen it. It's ha- it hadn't happened in such a long time. Um, you don't think about that stuff when you're stepping on the field. You think about how, how can I win the game? How can I do this and this? And like I said, it puts in perspective that you go on that field um, that anything can happen. Um, and so um, – you got to take this game for what it is. You got to enjoy it, have fun, do it, leave everything you have out out there. But at the same at the same time, it's just a game. And um, when we say that, we have to know that we that we're we're, we're going out there and we are putting our lives on the line. Um, and, and I think we forget that because we've done it so many times and nothing's happened. I'll start uh, by um, obviously sending our thoughts and prayers uh, to Demar Hamlin, his family. Um, the entire Buffalo Bills organization, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, um, the entire NFL community, all the players uh, that go out there and um, play the game that we love every week. Um, obviously, Monday night was a scary uh, situation, and um, you know I think there's a there's you know a lot of um, feeling and sentiment you can tell in our building, and I'm sure around the league. Um, uh, just concerned for, um, you know, his, his well-being and as it should be. And so, um, I thought that Sean and Zach did a great job, um, you know, of, of handling the situation as, um, you know, obviously as well as they could the other night. And, um, you know, we'll continue to be thinking about them and hoping for, uh, good news, obviously, as we, as we go through the week. So, um. You know, it's a it's a it's a difficult situation. I think the players we did a good job this morning. Our doctor, Dr. Singh, uh, educated them a little bit on um, you know what we know about that scenario, um, just so they have peace of mind about you know what actually occurred as best we know it. Um, and all of our support staff and uh, coaching staff, everybody uh, that the players would need uh, are here today. We'll be here all week in case they need anything else. But, uh, uh, again, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, DeMar and his family and, and the entire Bills organization. <clears throat> Josh, if somebody you have a son playing football, did what happened kind of hit you on another level as just a parent? Yeah, uh, I talked with my wife about it uh, yesterday. Um, you know, I mean, it's we know this is a game that is, um, you know, it's a physical game. Um, I don't like to use the word violent. Uh, that's, you know, uh, obviously we're not trying to do that. Um, but, you know, we know that there are injuries. My son's had a handful of them, you know, broken bones, those kind of things. But I think this, you know, it just makes you uh, pause and, you know, kind of step back a little bit and, <clears throat> you know, think about, think about it. Um, there's no question about it, you know, and. Um, I think the educational piece from the doctors um, that talked to us today, um, I think that was helpful, you know, just in terms of understanding um, what happened and the the likelihood of it occurring in any in any capacity, car accident, uh, you know, football game, Little League baseball, whatever. Um, just having an understanding of what it is and what happened uh, I think was helpful to everybody. But uh, it definitely does, uh, you know, when you – when you're a parent, uh, obviously, um, you know, there's risk involved. <clears throat> Sometimes people get emotional when they talk about, or there's emotions that are involved, you know, when you're trying to make the sport safer. Um, and there's that fine line between the physicality and the and safety issue. And sometimes people do 
you know, uh, complain about, let's just say. But when something like that happens, is it kind of reaffirm that there's good reasons why some of these rules are being put in place? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the most important thing for us is that we all can have a productive life, um, you know, during and after football. Um, and I think that uh, any anybody that wants to argue the other point, uh, I think, is missing the point. Um, you know, player safety uh, and health um, is obviously paramount. Um, and if you know, and it should be. I mean, that's what we all want to be able to do is try to live some kind of a successful life for as long as we can live it. Um, and so. Um, anything they can do to make it safer, um, whether it's the things on the helmets and training camp or all the stuff we've gone through, the pat, you know, any of those things that help, um, you know, uh, we should be for, you know, because there's nothing more important than the health of the, of the guys playing the game we love. Coach, uh, you know, you and Devontae were two notable people that donated to a, a Hamlet's toy drive despite the tragedy, well, not tragedy, but just the terrible situation how heartwarming is it that so many people can come together for the greater good like this yeah i mean it's 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 uh it's not shocking to me because there's so many good people in our league and in and in our world and i know we hear a lot about the negative stuff but um this is a, a good example of everybody just pitching in to do the right thing and um for a great cause and for a great guy you know and um i think that just tells you that there's a bigger there's a bigger picture here, um, and I think you know a lot of the a lot of the people that you saw donate, you know, um, you know they're doing it for the right re- right reasons. <clears throat> How difficult is it to get, ask the guys to get back to a, a work week when there's so much uncertainty and nobody really knows what's going on with them? Yeah, I I mean I think the the thing we just talked about this morning is is that um, you know we, we we did talk about all this, you know, and I think that's a good thing. And if we need to talk about it more, we will. Um, and any resource that they need available to them um, is going to be made available. Um, I think that um, we'll do the we'll do the best thing we can in terms of blessing them with our effort and uh, attention to detail, so that we can, um, you know, do the right things and be you know as competitive and as ready to go on Saturday as we can. Um, uh, certainly. You know, if if anything else is needed in the next three or four days here, then that'll trump that. But um, <clears throat> you know, each each person handles it differently. Q. You know, so I'm not going to tell them how to deal with it. You know, in terms of their feelings or the way they go about it. Um, just try to do the the right thing by the players and help them as much as we can to get ready. Um, you know, to play our final game. I want to thank everyone for listening and for tuning in throughout the regular season. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.